So this conversation that I'm going to talk you through comes out of a discussion I had with a candidate from New York City, good school, Columbia Business School, um, and he was an undergraduate student, and we were talking about why he's struggling in the case training program. Because he's a good student, he's a nice guy, I like talking to him, he's smart as well, but for some reason his personality means that when he joins the program he's not doing as well. And I pointed out to him three things. When you join this program with us, and this applies to any training you're going to do with anyone else, whether it's a friend, whether it's someone in your business school, whether it's an ex-consultant, whether it's the wife, sister's husband of a cousin who is in management consulting, you, you need to decide who's driving this. Right? So who's going to decide what you need to learn? Either you're going to decide it or the person who's coaching you. My advice, if you don't fully trust the person coaching you, they should not design your training. If, they're per if you're not going to work with them over a long period, don't let them design their training. Because what will happen is that there's no, interest, there's no vested interest in them in making this work. Because they're just going to do one session, two sessions, you pay them for that and they're gone. If the person is going to work with you to the end, let them de design your training. If not, you're going to have to take greater responsibility for it, right? Now, let's work in a case whereby you're working with someone who you trust and you're letting them you know, give you a lot of input on your training. What do you bring to the table? I think you bring three things to the table here. The first thing is that you've got to let them know where you are in the process. I use something called the blind navigator example. I grew up in a family that was motor racing obsessed. In fact, I never watched motor racing in my entire life. I've never watched it. But up until this day, I can recite who won which race. I can tell you who are the top drivers. I can tell you what car there is. I can tell you about Ua Kankinen and Francois Delacour, which were major stars off-road racing 10 years ago. Hell, this may still be there. I don't know. But the point is this, right? I knew off-road racing better than any other sport, even though I never watched it, because I, went, I grew up in a family that was big into off-road racing. I, I had no idea what they saw in it, going around in circles in the dark, but Apparently, it was exciting. Now, there's one concept in off-road racing called the blind navigator. It's a principle whereby when, when you are in that car and you're driving at late at night on the mountains of Germany through the Black Forest, you've got to drive and you've got the navigator. The navigator is not looking out of his window and seeing what's happening. His face is stuck in that map. If he's not watching where they're going, how does he know when to tell the driver to turn? Because he knows what to do because the driver is keeping him updated. The driver is telling him, okay, we're coming to this pass. We can go left or right. We're coming to this bend. We're coming to the lake. We're coming wherever. The driver, the navigator then looks in the map, sees these things and tells him, okay, we, we need to go here. We need to go there. The reason why the driver never takes his, he his head off the map and looks out of the windows, it's like trying to catch a ball by taking your eye off the ball when it's coming across to you. If you take your eye off the ball, you're going to lose your bearings. The same thing with the map. The car is moving at 130, 140 kilometers per hour over off-road tracks. Everything's moving and it's dark when you start the race. You take your eye off the map, you're never going to be able to find where you were on the map. So the navigator has to only watch the map. Right? So how do these guys work in a team? Well, the driver's job is to let the navigator know where he is in the process. Same principle when you are working with someone training. You've got to communicate where you are in the process continuously. Communicate where you are, what you're feeling, why you're struggling, why you're failing, why you're successful, what doesn't make sense, what seems a bit fuzzy, what makes perfect sense. And only if you do that can the person who's training you navigate you. The person who's the navigator knows the path out of here, but they can only give you the direction if you tell them where you are. First rule 
when you are working with someone. Second rule is don't become dependent. We have that problem with our clients. We do so much for them. Think about it. We have a library of videos to help them. We then have an online section whereby the, every time they do a case, they take a photograph, they load it up, and we comment on it. We record all of their sessions so they can then re refer to it. We have podcasts. We have toolkits. We have training manuals. We have books. It becomes a dependency problem. They become dependent on crack. And unfortunately, I'm the crack. Right? Maybe I'm powdered cocaine. Maybe I'm a little bit more elite. But you know, the point is they become dependent. You never want to become dependent on your coach or whoever is training you. If you, there is dependency, you're not learning. A lot of times we've got to change our tactics so that people don't become dependent on us. As soon as they become dependent on us, they are not developing themselves. So we sometimes withdraw some kind of support we're providing to see how they fly. In fact, one candidate actually told him directly, you know what, you're a smart guy, but I've shown you how to write this email 15 times before. Why do you need me to show it to you again? Right? Because we check the emails as well. If you become dependent on someone, you are failing and you've got to either change the nature of that relationship or cut the relationship immediately. We see it in our canvas and we automatically adjust our approach to, to make sure they're not dependent. Right? The other thing is you have to be a kind of person who's pulling in help versus being pushed into things. If you are pulling in help, you are telling me, hey, Michael, I don't understand how to do this. So could we take a timeout and you explain productivity to me? Or I don't understand how to build a marginal cost curve. And I know that to work out the price, the pricing volume relationship, I need to build that. So before I get into that, can you tell me how to do it? That's called pulling in help. Pushing is where a candidate doesn't know that they need, doesn't know they've made a mistake. And I've got to stop them and say, hey, you know what, Peter, do you realize you forgot to do this? That's pushing. The more we push, the worse you're going to do. Pushing is not fun. You know you've worked with me. I'll point out every mistake. I'll try to make you perfect. When you are pulling, even if you're making the same amount of mistakes, I'm pleased that you can recognize what you don't know. And even though you may get it wrong, I know that eventually you'll get it right. So remember that blind navigator, keep the person you are working with updated in terms of where you are in the process. Don't be dependent. Be independent. Secondly, don't be someone who needs to be pushed. You may be pushed off a cliff. If you are pushed, you're not in control of your destiny. You're handing over all power to, your, to the person who's training you. Don't allow that to happen. Be in control of your destiny. Bottom line is that if you're someone who needs to be pushed, you shouldn't be a management consultant. Because if you're a management consultant who needs to be pushed, you'll be pushed out of the door within six months, right? Be someone who needs, be someone who's pulling in help, and you will be much, much more successful. As always, happy to post responses to what I'm sure will be many comments.